Welcome to the Scariest Things Podcast, your gateway to the tropes and trends of the horror genre. This is episode 149, where we are talking about LGBTQ, a.k.a. queer horror films. This is Mike Campbell, and I am joined by... Eric Lee. And... Liz Williams. Hello, everyone. So, yeah, so good, good on the introduction there, Mike. Yeah. Because... Uh, we've been debating about what is Stumble, the stumbling over consonants and vowels. Like, we don't want to get. Uh-huh. We don't. <laughs> I don't want to stumble over any consonants and vowels. But we I don't want to yes. get canceled. That's so. We'll yeah. keep. We'll do LGBTQ once, and then now that it's out of the way, for here on out throughout the rest of the episode, we will officially be referring to it as queer horror. Yes, and queer I, horror. and and I believe that that is a, uh, a an ex- within the community an it accepted uh, defin- uh, de- definition of. The subgenre, and I think it's accepted yes. in the horror community no, as, as well yeah. as the thing, as the thing. Yeah. So uh, you know where I started with this whole assignment. I read, and I would encourage people to do after, 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 after you listen to this episode, go and read uh, an article from Vulture uh, Magazine, aka the New York Magazine, which is obviously a great. Great publication now, 54 years in the running. They did a an extensive, they even beat out Eric in terms of the number of films they listed out. My oh, God, they possible? listed out a well, lot of films. after this, yeah. I, I think I'm going to be able to add in five or six You might films. have to, yeah, but I think, that, I think they'd still beat you because I think they put in like 50, yeah. they put in like 50 films. But the thing that was really interesting about it mm-hmm. was I had never really thought about LGBTQ horror queer horror in this context and they broke it out into like seven different periods 30s to the 40s mm-hmm. was fear, yep. fear the queer monsters yep. the 50s was the kitschy monsters and more queer subtext mm-hmm. the 60s was farewell to the Hayes code yeah the 70s mm-hmm. was lesbian vampires yeah. are loose <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the so 80s so. resurging conservatism yes. uh, the AIDS crisis mm-hmm. and the mainstreaming yeah. of queer culture yes. The 90s was uh, queer cinema and gay vampire dads. The 2000s was out <laughs> and getting uh, in parens, proud. And then finally, mm-hmm. the 2010s, they're here, they're queer, get used to it. That, that's I, actually a really good summary. And I think really it is, is. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I, God, I was going to, I can't remember who wrote the article, but whoever wrote the article from Vulture Magazine, you know who you are, and you did a really, really wonderful job. Um, yeah, it goes into, into great detail, but I think the commonality amongst all those different categories is that uh, uh, gay, lesbian, at, at all, uh, uh, transgendered uh, persons have been sort of used as the villain forever. That's the subtext. Mm-hmm. Even though they might not be identified as gay, yep. uh, they throw enough qualities and characteristics at them that people go, okay, that that's a gay person. You watch mm-hmm. enough Disney animated They're movies bad. and you know yep. gay people are, are evil because exactly. that's, that's yep. what pretty yep, much yep. they all... It's like, uh, who's the, um, the villainous in Little Mermaid... Mm, Ursula, bu- Ursula, very butch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and then you have you know a lot of you know Jafar and you know a yeah, lot of a yeah. lot of very effete yeah uh, villains. And it's like and and so from the from very young you get brought up to believe gay people are villains, right? And, and, and it's like yep. that that I think that they've I think Disney has sort of changed their ways in that. Uh, but there's a deep backlog of stuff. It's like yeah, it starts there. But you know the interesting thing. I don't know if you knew if you knew this, but uh, I don't know how how uh, up you are on the Hayes Code. Uh, mm. But the Hayes Code Reasonably. does not specifically call out homosexuality. Oh, what what did the, what did they say? Is it- they basically just said you know uh, you know it should. Uh, uh, you shouldn't have low moral standards. Was the mm. was, but it, but that wasn't that wasn't tantamount to homosexuality. That was not code for homosexuality, but it was ultimately used that way. Sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> for a long time, it was for any kind of sexuality. Right. 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 I right. Mean, other than, uh, but but men kissing women, that's fine. Right. 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 Uh, I, they did. Well, they did have a they did have a line in the Hayes Code that talked about sexual perversion. Right, mm. which that you could, I guess you could say that's that's in that's in, in the fifties. 
30 yeah, pretty much yeah. anything yeah yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. but I, you know, I, I was think... showing an ankle back then <laughs> <laughs> any kind of ankle I, I do think it's yep. very interesting and these are movies that I'm probably I doubt that any of us are going to touch upon right but you know when we talk about the the subtexty era of like the 30s and 40s uh-huh some, like things like Dracula's daughter and the uninvited uh the picture of Dorian Gray yep they they all sort of dance <clears throat> around it and right. there's there's a lot of su- there's there's suggestions right but they really I, you know at what point do you think i have in my mind <clears throat> a movie that actually tried to normalize as close to the as close to they could a homosexual relationship uh-huh um and what year was it 1963 it's going to be this is oh. one, this is one of the ones i'm going to talk oh, about okay. so well, be, let's, uh, let's kick it off then all right well, Get I, in there. before we do, I was you know the one thing I was going to say though is I think it's interesting because you bring up the point of, the point of normalizing uh, homosexuality and transgender mm-hmm. uh, persons in film, and I'm like I'm kind of like yeah when when is that I feel like we're now in 2022 we're sliding back very yeah. very yeah. quickly yeah. just as we were getting to the point where it's like oh you don't even have to talk about them yeah. as a gay person right. it's just their persons. In a horror film. Right. Yeah, and right. I was like, I felt like we were on the precipice of getting there. Now we're like getting pulled back into, oh, no, that's a, that's a gay person in a horror film. Well, and you're I, like, oh, come on. I think one of the risks nowadays is is the feeling like there's a token gay person or a token gay relationship in the, in the movie. Right. Um, and... Or, or worse yet, the, the 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 director or actors are like perceived as like pushing pushing a gay agenda. Yeah, no, and that's and and I think when it's done, and that's that's a thing of the last ten years, and certainly that's a conservative reaction, um, right? But there are times where you go, I think you're trying a little too hard. Sure, right, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, I think it's like you're not. There's nothing about the relationship that would suggest that it that or they can either go over the top and stereo, right. stereotypical or it's buried and you don't get any sense of the relationship. Right. Um, right. And so those are the two. And and I think that there there are we we talked about this briefly before we we got going, which is within this subgenre. Mm-hmm. There's there sometimes you get something like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Right. Where mm-hmm. it's just where where it's the flamboyant showiness of gay culture, mm-hmm. which is like no denying it. It's it, it it's 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 a it's a fun aspect. Um, and but at a certain point, that was like the the out the out and proud kind of thing you're talking about. You know, the, yeah. The, the, the 70s. Was that 70s that they said or was that? Or was that nine? Did they jump that to the nineties? Oh, the the out and no, out and getting proud was the two thousands. Okay, because yeah, actually in the seventies it was lesbian vampires. Lesbian which, vampires yeah. are 90s loose. Was gay vampire dads. Yeah. Yeah. Gay Is that vampire what you said it was? Who's yeah. the gay vampire dad? I don't know the gay. I don't know either. Oh, and I know my nineties vampire movies. <laughs> right. Well, you know uh, the 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 vampire Lestat. Um, no, yeah, maybe they are the gay vampire dads because yeah, they oh, have little Kirsten Dunst. Oh, yeah. yeah so it's oh, that's what Louis. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the gay vampire. There we go. <laughs> and, and, and Armand. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Good all, job. It took, it took somebody we from New Orleans figured to figure out, out that Anne Rice connection. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we figured that one out. So, yeah. The, but this, I'm part of this sort of also, we got what kicked us off was actually getting a chance to, to meet. Uh, Carter Smith. Yeah. Uh, out in shout out to Carter. Uh, yeah. Great yes. great movie that They're, will end up on many end of the year lists. Yeah, and it is swallowed. Yeah, it's gonna mm-hmm. be at a number of film festivals coming up. I think it's it's scheduled. It's for at Fantasia. Fantasia and I believe Popcorn Frights. Yeah, it'll be on Popcorn Frights too. So there it's it this is going to be it'll it should be one of the showcase films in any of the yeah. the festivals. It's really, really well done. Um and it and it's it's an it's a the 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 drug horror, gay horror, uh, the queer horror, kind of the 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 melding of it, and it's and it's and then yeah, the, I think it's 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 a proud, you know, Carter Carter Smith. What is it, how, how did you de- what how did you describe it to him? Uh, to qu- uh, queer horror director. Yeah, we got comfortably yeah. comfortably fits in that yep. in, in in that, and um, I think that's I I also think it's it's rarer to find like lesbian horror is much easier to find. Sure. Than gay horror, and right. I think, but I think that's that's you're seeing the turn. You're thank you, Jess. Thank you, Jess Franco. Yeah. 
<laughs> Lots of. <laughs> All right, let's get to 1963. Okay. I want to hear you. You yeah. uh, you were trying to make a point. Now I want to hear this point. Okay, so this is um, the one of one of my favorite movies. Uh-huh. Uh, this is The Haunting. Uh, oh yeah, by, by Robert Wise, 1963. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a I think it's a masterpiece. In, yep. Uh, uh, for for ghost stories, I know that it, that the opening scene was one of your yeah. favorite openers. The, Heck yeah. Um, and uh, this is you know been the the it features what might be the best lesbian character ever in horror cinema. <laughs> in in Theo, who is um, Claire Bloom, she's a Full, this is a she's a full out psychic ghost hunter. She's elegant, smart, confident, witty, and her orientation is not sensationalized. Right but for 1963. Yeah, and and she's not. It's not quite. It, 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 it's she. They don't push it hard. Right, but you know when when she and our lead protagonist Eleanor end up in the same bed together, it's it's not a sexual thing. It's a they're. Cling to each other for safety, but they love each. You know, clearly, uh, Theo has a thing for for Eleanor, and 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 the, and sort of this playful dialogue. And again, she's she is the um, she's a smart, witty one. She's the mm-hmm. um, she's the great uh, uh, associate. Where Eleanor's kind of messed up. She's she's the one who's having a lot of the delusions. But when the ghost starts banging around the house and making all kinds of spooky noises, they just they they, they cling to each other. And um, that was probably as for in 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 studio production. You didn't see a lot of you know the cause I think of homosexual relationships right in in, in played straight. But didn't in, didn't in, I read somewhere too that that they had uh, written a lot of it out as well in the making of the film? Yeah, I, like I they, think that they, they had leaned, they had, they had leaned, oh, there was going to be more? Yeah. They had leaned a lot heavier into the lesbian character, and then the studio was like, uh-uh. Yeah, too much. Uh-uh. Yeah. So this was, yeah, and again, this is it's not It's 1963. Right. <laughs> and this was, and it wasn't like this was playing at the drive-in. This is, yeah. this was a major studio release, and it was very successful. Um, but it was, it was a refreshing take, and it yeah. wasn't, and, you know, because we talk about how, you know, and and it happens to other minorities, of course. In that sure. in that era, where you just get you get pigeonholed, you're the other. You're the right. you're the weirdo, or you're the you're the thing to be nervous about, if not outright feared. And she was, it was just part of the team. Right. And, and uh, I loved her in that in, in that movie. They were all. It was a bunch of great characters in there. So uh, you know, I guess we also had so Julie Harris, Richard Johnson's Doctor Markway was very. Kind of doing his best Cary Grant impression, right? Um, and, Ru- and a young Russ Tamblin plays the eager, that's right, kind of uh, go-getter g- uh, guy. And and the four of them made this kind of this great Scooby-Doo team, right, right, um, right. But they right. were all very, you know, the, the cut from different cloths. And so it, uh, I think that was part of what made the haunting refreshing was you had just snappy characters, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and beautiful cinematography yep. and a good ghost. Yep. So anyway, so that was. You know, I think it's it's easing in. It yeah. is really because I, I think before in those other ones, it's like there's never even any hand holding. It's just kind of suggestion. It's a look, right, right, right. It's a, right. It's, a, it's, a it's a statement, or it's like, oh, she's not married. She's a lesbian. Okay, those those sort of broad sweeping kind of things where it's now. But I I, I think actually going back to the 1930s, I think. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think James Whale was a gay director. Oh, from uh, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. so the, 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 there was, I think, there was a lot of suggestions about that he was doing Bride as a you know a rejection of Frankenstein as a way to. Oh, you know, kind of, really? Kind of, and so there, uh, that's there. I, I have a little bit of a write up. If you go check, I've got uh, a number of these films listed on a dead list. That's as, right. As Mike was alluding to, um, and again, we'll be adding to that because we're going to go next. Let's go to Liz next. All right. But before we go okay. to Liz, before we go to Liz, mm-hmm. The Haunting was number fifty-two on our top one hundred list. Wow, is that high? Nice, nice. Will it stay that high? I don't know. Hey, will it get dropped from the list? Not if I can help Ugh. it. It's on my list. Well, I'm asking you. I'm asking. I'm asking the question. I am. I, I have, give me your uh, prediction. I haven't run the tabulations. I think it's probably going to drop without the tabulations. Gut, 
Gut instinct. Gut instinct. You think it's going to drop off or just down? No, just down. I think it's probably okay. going to be in the 70s or 80s. Okay. All right. Because I think I, I do think that there's – we have uh, – for those of you who um, uh, didn't listen to our last podcast, we are actually – we've we've been in the process of re, retooling our top 100 list uh, for <clears> – <throat> You know, after doing it for four years, we we've seen a lot more movies, and uh, we've got we've made a lot more contacts. Almost five. Yep. Almost yeah. five. Almost five years. Almost five. So uh, it's it's time to to uh, up uh, to re up our uh, our original recommendations. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's going to be we're yep. going to do a, a rollout um, coming in towards Halloween time. So yep. So that's going to be fun. We we had a lot of fun doing it the last time, yep. and uh, I think. From what I hear, uh, well, it's a deep, fairly decent shakeup to the list. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think so. And what I hear is the haunting is going to slide 20 spots. It's a guess. All right. All right. Let's see. I Start like guesses. Money down. Guesses are good. All right, Liz, what do you got? Okay. Um, I don't think this one's going to be on our top 100 because <laughs> I had never heard of it okay. until I went looking for um, queer horror. Mm-hmm. And this is um, 2017. It's a Norwegian supernatural thriller huh. called Thelma. Um, oh, it is d- okay. directed by jo- Joachim Trier, who just recently did The Worst Person in the World, which is getting accolades all over the place. And this film was selected as Norway's entry for the best foreign language film at the Oscars. Oh, really? um, but it wasn't nominated. Yeah. So this is the story of a young girl named Thelma who has been raised in a religious family and she goes to the big city of Oslo for university and she meets another female student named Anya and as she develops feelings for Anya psychic or uh, telekinetic things start happening and Mm. she realizes that her awakening feelings are causing these things to happen Mm. so this one is really good. She's been sheltered in this religious family. So she is really grappling with. She thinks that the feeling she's having for this other girl is wrong. She's also in university where they're smoking, drinking, partying, all the things that, yes, she thinks they're all wrong. So how is she <laughs> going to uh, grapple with these feelings and then with the problems that come along with them? So she's able to send people kind of they just disappear in oh. her telekinetic powers. We don't know where they go and if she can get them back. So you have you, to stay see tuned them just to the film. Do they blink yep. out? They just uh yeah, they just kind of yeah, they just kind of disappear. So as she's exploring why is this happening to her, you know, she goes to like a doctor, she starts to remember things from her childhood, and maybe she's already always had these powers and was just blocking them out, and possibly they're hereditary and self-discovery and a coming of age story ensue with a happy ending, but it's still creepy mm-hmm. and fits the brief and it's two young girls in love. So, huh? And a happy and, ending. Yeah. And a happy ending. So Thelma gets a girlfriend at the end. Do so. we ever find out what happened to the people who disappear? Yes. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Yes, so it's, will. it's it, it, like a, a Thanos <laughs> snap or something. Yes. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, know. she puts on a glove. No. <laughs> She's got all yeah, the so Infinity it's a, Stones. Yeah, all the Infinity Stones are all over Oslo. Um, so it's a kind of a quiet film. It reminds me a little bit of like a Bright Burn, something like that. Not oh, okay. as dark as that, but kind of the same, those kind of vibes. So if you like Bright Burn, if you like The Innocence, which mm-hmm. are all kind of kids with powers, mm-hmm. you'll like this one too. Oh, cool. So, Thelma, 2017, from right. Norway. Mike, what you got? Uh, all right. I am, as always, I try to pick the um, the stabbiest and slashiest and sleaziest of the bunch. And as, opposed, as opposed to the one that nobody can find because you can only find it in Movie Madness. Movie Madness. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This one you can find. I know you can find this one everywhere. This is a, a 1983 film that was originally released as Nightmare Vacation. <laughs> this is, of course, uh, this is the American slasher film written and directed by Robert Hiltzik, who did nothing else. Nothing else. Uh, Sleepaway Camp. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, and apparently, like, they came to him, like, years later, like, in the 2000s, and they were like, dude, did you know that people are, like, totally ape over this film like they love this film and he was like huh he apparently was like a why it was like a it was like a partner in a law firm in new york (laughs) it was like what are you talking what are you even talking about (laughs) anyway uh this of course was released during the heyday heyday of slasher movies and of course it's known for its very very uh infamous uh twist twisty closing scene which i'm not going to go into other than to say that is uh, not exclusively but that's a big part of why it lands on our queer horror list yeah um the other the other part of it obviously is is at the very beginning of the film is uh the film starts in the summer of 1975 uh a fella and his partner uh john and lenny take their children take john's children angela and peter uh on a boating trip near uh camp arawak and uh, the, the two young kids prank their dad by uh, one of the dads by uh, capsizing the boat. Uh, they try to uh, swim ashore, but a camp counselor recklessly strikes them with her speedboat, leaving just the one girl, I will put girl in quotes, in quotes <laughs> uh, alive. 11 years later, the girl uh, who's being raised by her eccentric Aunt Martha decides to go to uh, the the aunt decides to send her, uh, Angela, of course, uh, and uh, Martha's son, Ricky, to the same camp. Uh, People of uh, people start to die at the camp, uh, uh, gruesome, merciless deaths, which are uh, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I watched this last week, still effectively gnarly. I mean, this is a degrade film. Yep. Degrade is probably <laughs> probably being putting it gently, but but it's um, a classic at the same time. It is right. a classic. Yeah. And this is the thing I think is interesting about this is because some people look at this film and say, "No, this is painting uh trans trans people and gay people in a very very bad light." Um Trans, but a chan- transgendered writer, uh, Alice Collins of Bloody Disgusting, she says that this film is steeped uh, in queerness, uh, especially compared to its contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, in its day, it took a much deeper look than any other film was willing to do. Uh, and the fact that, you know, Angela and Peter's dad is a closeted gay man. There's, you know, um, and the, the large majority of... The people that you see in the film that are scandally clad are not women; they're actually men. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, there's, and so she argues that even in the latter uh, sleepaway camp films, and there are many, many more. If you want to dive into the sleepaway, are there really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't there's, know there were. I think there's five. I think oh, there's wow. five sleepaway camps. Whoa. Okay. Uh, they said, you know, Angela is presented as a woman who uses feminine pronouns, and so she, she sort of says. You know, even though it's kind of this like backwards uh, sort of brainwashing that she sort of Angela stumbled into this, she's not. Uh, it's not. It's not a disparaging presentation of somebody uh, from the LGBTQ community. Now there are plenty out there that say yeah. it most it, certainly it, it, is. There's it. Yeah, I, I think it could be seen as problematic. Yeah, um, but there are those that argue, argue the yeah, other way. Right. I'm here to tell you, after having watched it last week, it is still the final scene in the film, actually about the final three minutes of the film, are still about as shocking. I mean, Frank, I don't think there's really much more shocking than you can yeah. dream up. Yeah, uh, I, I think, you know, Felissa Rose... Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Still an active member yeah. of the horror community. She, very, very she does active. a ton of stuff. Yeah, a yeah. lot of good stuff. She actually did return to Sleepaway Camp back yep. in two thousand and eight. Yeah, um, but uh, she she does the reclusive, awkward, shy girl right really, really well. And she you 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 buy in I, I, the uh, the that you buy into her so much that the ending is just that much more of a shocker. It, it it's a it's a shocker and it's it's all the other thing that's really incredibly shocking about it too is it ends on that note it's bang. on, on yeah. the single note and they freeze frame it for it's got to be a solid thirty seconds 
which is, I don't think I've ever really seen it's a horror film quite do that same move. It, if there is, if there's another film that does that same thing, please correct me. But I don't think I've really ever seen a horror film do that. We should have. We should try and do a dead list or or a whole podcast on great freeze freeze frame endings. <laughs> that, that would, would be, be a good idea. That is that All is right. that All is right. a knockout blow because you. I'm sure, like if you were if you were a theater goer at the time and you didn't have the background information going in, you, you would have been going, "No, that's, <laughs> that's what people did when they went and saw the Crying Game." Yeah, because it was the exact same thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, so, and you don't want you know, it's like you know the people coming out. You don't. It's like don't spoil it. Even though I yeah. said I wasn't going to yeah. spoil it, I think we've already spoiled well, it. So yeah, on I mean, that note, I'm it's from what 1983. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's a 40 year old yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go see it. Yeah, if you haven't. So, I am going to sort of. I, I found this curious movie that I watched for. Um, oh, what was it? I think it was Popcorn Frights. Um, that uh, from 2019, a movie called Bit. Um, mm. And and Bit Bit goes places that the craft only suggested, knocking down any notions of subtext. This is a movie uh, that is that is an out and proud lesbian vampire movie, kind of. Uh, and, and and less like kind of the slinky, sexy vampires of the the of the seventies. This is you know uh, this is a sort of a gender swapped Lost Boys without any pretense. Huh. Um, and uh, it also provides a significant cultural milestone by casting a transgender young woman, Nicole Maines, as the lead in the movie. So it's lesbians and transgender female vampires? Yeah, and my, my gaydar is horrible because I had no idea until after I wrote my review that Nicole is trans. Yeah. Um, and well, you are of a certain age. So yeah, I, it's like an old In the interest of full disclosure. Old man. Can't really, <laughs> you know, it's like a, yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't pick up on it. Um, huh. But it, it, the, the, this is a young woman travels from a closed-minded small town in Oregon of course. Yeah. For the anonymous security of Los Angeles, where she joins a coven of young vampires who are a self-described group of terrorists and ha- have a specific code to adhere to. And that is, never glamour another vampire. You kill what you eat. Don't let them turn. And Wait, what was the first verb? You never glamour. Glamour. That would be, uh, that. that is... Uh, the the psychological... Oh, oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Where, yeah where I'm with the, you. Yep, yep. You yeah. are yeah. You're under our spell. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like you are mine now. No, okay, you know that. Kind I of didn't stuff. think that worked on that back and forth. Uh, the, 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 well, the, apparently it, it's a rule. Okay. It's like you're not supposed right. to do that to another vampire. That's All cheating. Right. Um, and never ever turn a man because they can't handle the power. Right. Um, pretty simple rules, right? <laughs> and, and you know that all three of these rules are going to get tested. Uh, the ladies have empowered themselves to become enforcers and protectors of both female and the vampire kind. They like to prey on peeping toms, abusers, rapists, and the odd bro vampire hunter that they might run across. Uh, it's a community where they con- uh, consolidate their power as protection because even as uh, powerful as they are, they need each other as protection and company and lovers. Remember, they can't turn any men. So uh, it's it's the it's the safety in numbers game. So long as everyone sticks to the code, <clears throat> it's also kind of a not so subtle su- subtext about life in the gay community. Mm-hmm. Um, great themes, great look. It's a it's very it's kind of got that that uh, kind of ravey clubby sort of mm-hmm. '90s throwback. But when like, you say th- when you say themes, you mean uh, the fact that they are sort of they have to stick together and they're kind of in, sort of I, an I, insular. I think, or I, I kind of like. I kind of like the Lost Boys take on it. I like yeah. I like the sense of the sisterhood and the um, that they they lean on each other and and you know what they're that that it's it's kind of a gang, right? Yeah. And and I like I like that those those takes on it. And you know it's not entirely fresh, sure, it's, but it's well executed. The acting's not great, right? It's it's, it's kind of. Kind of stiff, and sadly, you know, I think Natalie Maines is limited as an actress. Okay, uh, she comes, she, she's as the lead, she's a little stiff. But now knowing, it's like, well, she's really know, young. She's, she's born in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, ju- just a kid. So it's like she, she apparently got from this. She also got a, she got in on the like the CW, the and CW, some, uh, yeah, the superhero thing. Yep, 
Yep, yep. I think she was like on Supergirl or something like that. So Liz is uh, is Lost Boys a gay film? Let's go to our. Let's turn to. I mean, our only resi- one of the vampires has a girlfriend. Okay, I, I, it's a bunch of dudes living by themselves in a, the cape, wearing or in a cave, wearing lots of makeup, sparkly clothes, and going to the carnival looking, every day. Looking, I don't know. Looking, looking right. very styly and kind of, kind of uh, rebellious. I'll like- tell you what, though, when I was a teenage girl watching it, I was crossing my fingers it wasn't a gay film. <laughs> we love you all. So, but yeah. who knows? Yeah. All right. It could right. go either way. Yeah, I just wanted I, to go to our probably resident like the Lost, Lost Boys, Boys expert. Yeah. 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 So you know, this is, uh, <laughs> you know, I think I think one of the the, the actresses to look out for, De- uh, Diana Hopper, um, was very charismatic as she's uh-huh. the she's the alpha of the group. Okay. Um, and she's she's got a lot of charisma. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see her. Uh, show up in other genre movies going forward, but this was, you know, I think it's a, it's a small film, uh, another another festival circuit film. I, you know, I, this I, is bit bit. I probably I think I gave it three and a half stars. Okay, okay, um, but I think it's it, it as a, um, a landmark for for trans representation. Although they don't, I again they don't make a thing out of right. her being she's trans. Just she's just a trans. She, interestingly, it's a trans actress, but not a trans character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or at least I was <laughs> the old old man Eric didn't pick up on clues. I might have to watch it again just to just knowing now what I know. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, worth a watch. And it's got a great poster. Yep. If you go look up the poster for it a has, bit, it is super cool. Looking. It has all the Dario Argento colors in there. Yeah, all, mm-hmm. all your magen- and, and the rainbow hands. too. Yep, there you go. Yeah, That's the, ra- right. the rainbow is tucked away in there. <laughs> okay, Liz, you're number two. Okay. My number two uh, is hard to talk about without spoiling it. Mm. Um, and it could be one of those movies that if we do a list of, you know, final shot with the oh shit moment, <laughs> this would uh, qualify. This is 2018's The Perfection. Um, oh, okay. So this film premiered at Fantastic Fest and then is on Netflix now, Netflix original. It stars Allison Williams and Logan Browning. Um, as Charlotte and Lizzie, and they are both uh, cello prodigies. Mm-hmm. And Allison Williams, oh, Charlotte, right. had to yeah, 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 yeah. leave this yep. prestigious school, the back off school that is run by uh, Anton, played by Steven Weber of Wings. Mm-hmm. No matter what he's been in, it's always Wings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, and uh, Logan Brownen playing uh, Lizzie is who has kind of replaced her. So Charlotte, this is why I I can't really spoil it. They are both in Shanghai at a recital and end up getting together, Charlotte and Lizzie. And after a night of drunken partying and passion, um, one of them ends up drugged and hallucinating and commits uh, an, hour, an act of self mutilation that will change her career forever. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> what I love about the perfection is this is like, okay, you think the movie's going one way and then it pivots to a whole other way. And then you think it's going that way. And then it pivots to an entire other way. And you think it pivots like five times and ends up in a completely bizarre, uh, ending and um, it is uh it's nuts um and the last scene and shot is also nuts and crazy so this one is the most violent and bloody and gory of my choices because you're gonna get severed limbs lots of severed limbs um nice. eyes sewn shut mouth sewn shut uh, <laughs> people <laughs> scratching their arms thinking that there's bugs in them uh you're gonna get all sorts of craziness yeah this was it's, allison williams first big that was her, uh, after yeah get that out. i feel like she yeah. carried yeah. by herself yeah. yeah it was right after get out and yeah i remember it's really good i remember when it, pop, it popped up on netflix i watched it immediately and i think you're right liz i uh, I, I did like elements of it, but I think it flip-flopped back and forth too many times, and then the ending seemed almost non-commensurate with the whole first half of the film, and I was like... Right, I was exactly. Like, huh? But it is a really... It's a great-looking film, and there are some really It looks great, and it has some... Things. 
in it. And it's kind of fun if you take it in pieces because you're yeah. right. The way that we get our first severed limb seems very dramatic and going through a lot of hoops mm-hmm. for kind of the ending. So it just seems yep. like, wow, that that was the, the longest way you could have gotten <laughs> to that. <laughs> but it's fun. Yep. It's real fun. And it makes you think that you're about to watch a completely different movie. I mean, you're exactly, yeah. on a bus outside of in rural China. Right. Uh, someone's about to get real sick. And, you know, it's you're like, oh, wait, is this going to be like some kind of zombie movie or apocalypse movie? I thought it was about cellists at this prestigious school. And <laughs> so it, hey, that could it's, be... a, it's a fun watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For sure. Uh, and so this was. And and so the two the the two leads are were they were they an established relationship to begin with or was it kind of No, a- they met in Shanghai. You kind of don't know if Charlotte is uh when you understand her motivations for even wanting to meet this person, you don't know if she was just doing this a bit to as it ends to a mean, but then at the end it does seem that they have formed a real relationship and then they are uh intertwined together mm-hmm. in, a, in a fascinating way all right so. all right uh so not only is liz our resident uh lost boys expert she's also our resident <laughs> french expert oh there okay. you go okay. so liz how do you translate knife and heart in french uh-huh. <laughs> uh something okay um, cut, cut dan le. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> I talked about it uh, for Giallo. I know. So I, I know. said it on that one. I know. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, the 2018 horror thriller film directed by um, Cato dan le. Yeah. There you go. All right. That's, yeah. that's exactly what I was. That's basically what yeah, I was saying. Yeah. You're close. Yeah. Uh, this is the 2018 horror film directed by Jan Gonzalez. Uh, and it is, yeah, it's exactly as, as Liz says, uh, although you, you put it in the Giallo category, uh, yes. the AV club said it was unabashedly queer tribute to the sleazier side of Giallo cinema, which is totally true. I mean, it's like yes. a perfect mashup of queer horror and Giallo cinema. And it is, it's got a knife. It's got a dildo knife. Uh, <laughs> it's got a mass killer. It's got a mass killer with gloves. It's Kind of got all oh, of it. Yeah, the gloves. It's got everything. But yeah. but the thing that's great about it is that it is set. It, you know, it's like so so often if people you know are enamored with you know the late seventies or the nineteen seventies and they totally uh, like this year's uh, this year's standout film twenty twenty two's Thai West film X. I think got it hit the nail on the head in terms of a seventies throwback film because yeah. it didn't didn't stretch itself too thin. This was the same way. Uh, this is set in uh, the summer of nineteen seventy nine. Uh, a woman, uh, Anne, who's a producer and director of gay pornography, she's abandoned by her girlfriend uh, and editor Lois, and she is going through fits, uh, and she is heart heart heartbroken uh, by the the uh, uh, dissolution of that relationship all the while she is working on her new film and she gets a heterosexual young man to star in her new film uh, which is based on the murder of one of her previous actors and she decides to call uh, the film and dedicate the film to his murder and she names it Anal Fury 5. <laughs> uh, and, of course, Anal Fury 5 is, is a throwback to early on in the film where the masked man, the masked killer, uh, straps uh, Carl, who was one of the uh, pornographic uh, actors, to a bed, and he kills him with a dildo converted as a switchblade. This is Ooh, this is all true. I'm not making do. any yeah. of this up. Nope. Uh, but as Liz has already said in in the Giallo episode that we had some time ago, which you should go and listen to because it mm-hmm. wasn't that long ago. It was probably 30-ish episodes ago. Uh, this is a, an incredibly, incredibly stylish film. And yeah. um, again, I think, you know, one of the other great 
qualities of this film is that not only does it hit the 1970s pieces and parts right on the head, it also hits the giallo pieces and parts right on the head. I mean, everything from the soundtrack to the dreamy quality to the overly, overly, overly complex storyline. Yeah, it's yeah. so... But it actually... <laughs> um, the killer, like when they give you his motivation, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It's right. not completely... Gonzo. out there you know and giallo you're supposed to be able to figure it out like if you were a detective like would it make sense i mean yeah over the top yes but like yeah okay that makes sense yeah 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 um, the cops in this funny are in this movie are funny too uh, oh yeah they're great because <laughs> they changed the name of their movie to homocidal right 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 <laughs> awesome yeah so but so this is giallo without the casual uh a misogyny uh, in there, this or well, I think yeah, a little bit because it's Vanessa Paradis plays the director, right, and right. she's so, you know like very loving with these parts. So yeah, it's they've not spun it a bit. It's what it sounded. They've like. spun yeah. it a bit. Yeah. yeah, and she yeah, so she she is very attached to the gay lifestyle, mm-hmm. uh, both within like on from a professional standpoint but then from a personal standpoint she's attached to it as well and she's she's also as she's trying to make this film she's dealing with the breakup of her relationship with her former editor and Mm -hmm. she's absolutely crushed by that and so you kind of you kind of get multiple layers of lgbtq queer horror in this film but it is it is one heck of a film I, I do i do recommend folks watch it it's uh it's it is a contemporary film 20 2018 uh the av club one of my favorite lines in their review was uh that they said um that uh this is a perverse thriller that is more of an intellectual p- pleasure than a purient purient one still maybe don't watch it with your mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, unless you, you unless your mom's into the yeah. razor dildo thing. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, yeah, uh, go see Knife and Heart. Also, uh, in French, it is... I close it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Un cadeau à la cœur. There you go. Not okay. cadeau, that's gift, something, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I think that's cat. That's, that's cat and knives, right? No. 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 Shot is a cat. Okay. So, yeah, leave the French to, to Liz. Yeah, not me. <laughs> not <laughs> me. All right, Eric, what is next on your list? So this is uh, this one almost makes my top 25 uh, list. This, this was a wow. movie that I saw on... Um, 2019, and uh, I think this was at this was at a, this was an Overlook film, um, and this is What Keeps You Alive, uh, directed by Colin Minahan, starring Brittany Allen and Hannah Emily Anderson, and it is the story uh, of a lesbian, a married lesbian couple, Jackie, um, uh, who played by uh, Anderson, and Jules, played by Brittany Allen who are celebrating their one-year anniversary by taking a trip to a remote cabin in the woods where they can relax and enjoy some peace and quiet. Uh, Things unravel, however, when someone recognizes Jackie, calling her by another name. Hmm. Soon, Jules comes to realize that Jackie has been leading a double life, and the side that she didn't know is that she's she's psychotic and homicidal. So, you know, it becomes a cat-and-mouse film with... Uh, the 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 two women. Well, with Jackie trying to once once the gig's up, right? Jackie turns on Jules and is like, "I'm gonna kill you." Well, I mean, not quite that 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 simple, but uh, there there is a. Does she does she does she employ the Roscoe P Coltrane? <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. No, uh, definitely not. That, okay. that that's an Ericism. Okay. Um, but the the, the the beauty of the story is that is that. Both the heroine protagonist and and the crazy villain are uh, are on equal footings, right? right. Uh, and from the, the the director Minahan had at one point um, thought of this as a straight uh, or a straight couple, right? But he wanted he wanted the tables to be fairly balanced, right? Right. And and, um, and so actually, Brittany Allen, who is his wife in real life. Um, Sort of, sort of said. Well, how about we uh, let's let let's let's take it a different direction. And so um, that that there is there's this great power struggle in the movie, and particularly because 
uh, you know, Jules is still in love with Jackie, uh, even though, you know, they're, the, the 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 literally the knives have come out and mm-hmm. and so she's trying to it's like I can maybe I can I can I can break through and then it's like no no I've got to get away but they're on this island in the middle of Canada Canadian like one like Lake Champlain or something like that mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and um, you know it was it was intense and I think that that it also you know, seeing as how that gay marriage is still a fairly new institution that it was completely that it was kind of a non-factor relative to, you know, it was, it was played up normally. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, at the same time that they, it was clear like through the first, the first act, they were a very loving couple and then things get weird and then things get, you know, and, and, and then it, it becomes a bloody, you know, uh cat and mouse game. And, you know, that, that uh, will be to anybody who, who was witness to the, these two people on the Island trying to, right. trying to, uh, trying to survive. Um, so you know, it's it it didn't make a huge splash at the box office, but I you know I think that it 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 it's it did very well on the on the festival circuit. And did it of, did it get picked up anywhere for streaming or oh, anything? It's, yeah, it's available for yeah, streaming. It's okay. streaming. Yeah, streaming. Okay. Yeah. So you know, and, and I it's, think it might be on Netflix. It's a beautiful looking movie too. All right. So two questions because you've talked uh, you've talked about this before. When when it's really what, good. what context did you talk about this before on the podcast? You threw it into a different another category. I know this. For a was fact. this the one where you talked to, when we talked about pairs or couples? Or, oh um, yes, it may have been. okay. Yeah. Eric's double yeah. dipping. Was okay. this the it stains the sand red people? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. what you talked about yeah. it with. Yeah, Question so. two: You yeah. said uh, top twenty-five, almost top twenty-five. Does that mean like 55, 75? It's in my top fifty. Okay. So uh, so you know, almost uh, top twenty five really means like it's it, not like twenty six. It's not twenty six. It wasn't the next one in. Okay. Um, you know, I think I, I there were some that I had to push out from my t- my previous top twenty five would probably maybe it's like around thirty thirty to thirty five somewhere okay. around there. Okay. I really enjoyed this movie. I think okay. I thought it was that the, the script was great. Now what did you and, what did you uh, give? Brittany Allen was great. What did She's you give really it when it uh, when I you gave reviewed? it four four stars I'm, four maybe four and a half. I really okay. like this movie. Okay. So, All right, go read Eric's review at scariestthings.com. Yeah, One T. Let me go take a look. What did I give this thing? Okay, Liz, what have you got? Okay, I just discovered this movie. I have seen it. I can't always want to say, like, I've seen the box before. It's not the box, it's the avatar on the streaming services. And I've always been like, that looks interesting. And finally, I got to watch it. And boy, was I uh, not disappointed. This is an Icelandic <laughs> feature. It is from 2017, and it is called, in English, Rift. But in Icelandic, the original title is Rokur, R-O-K-K-U-R. Okay, so this, I'm going to read the, uh, you know, plot summary from IMDb. Mm -hmm. Um, Months after they broke up, Gunnar receives a strange phone call from his ex-boyfriend, Einar. He sounds distraught and like he's about to do something terrible to himself. So Gunnar drives up to the secluded cabin where Einar is holed up and soon discovers that there's more going on than he imagined. As the two men come to terms with their broken relationship, some other person seems to be lurking outside the cabin wanting to get in. So this movie is written and directed by Erlinger Thordsden, and it stars... I f- forgive me for the slaughter oh, okay, of your so, names. So Icelandic she can do people. French, but she can't do yeah. Icelandic. <laughs> Bjorn Stefansson and Sigur Por Okerson. Um, Bjorn plays Gunnar and Sigur plays Einar. And this movie is creepy. It is <laughs> uh, oh, so creepy. So as soon as Gunnar goes out there, you know, he's like, what's going on? And why did you come here? And I was like, I came here to remember, you know, like what? And he can't remember anything that happened. He's drinking. He's sleepwalking. He's talking about when he was there as a child. There are shadows that you're going to see because, you know, it's Christmas time in Iceland. The sun goes down at probably three o'clock in the afternoon. So you're in the pitch black out way outside of the city. There are so many where you're like, what is that? Is that a shape? Is that something? Or is that just a smudge on the window? It is creepy. At the same time, you are hearing about why their relationship didn't work, you know, how Gunnar has moved on and Einar just doesn't want to accept that. 
everything like that. So two of my favorite um, like critic reviews or quotes of what they said, it seemed or it sounded like was Anton Battelle from Sight and Sound says, it's an ambiguous, creepy study of conflicting desires and haunting pasts, as well as a literally glacial take on Don't Look Now. So if you like Don't Look Now, you'll get that. Are there any dwarves? And then, <laughs> no, the no, there are no dwarves. Yes, there are no dwarves. There's a little kid, but he's you know, not it's, a dwarf. It's, yeah, uh, it's Scandinavia. You, you might get some yeah, dwarves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could. You would get gnomes or whatever. Yeah. And then Christy <laughs> Pachinko said, it offers a heady blend of love and pain that makes it feel like Call Me By Your Name meets It Comes At Night. Oh, and I think that's a okay. good... Yeah. Um, the ending to me, the ending is a bit ambiguous, but ambiguous in the way and left me with kind of the same feeling as the first time you see Blair Witch. Oh, I like that. And you just see him in the corner and you're like, wait, yeah. what? Oh, uh, it's really, really good. It is a slow burn, though. I will not lie. It gives you breadcrumbs and pieces throughout. But this is not a punch you in the face, violent horror movie. This mm. is Hitchcockian, creepy, the scenery, you know, the winter in Iceland, the cold, the wind. It is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Iceland, highly, highly recommend this. We've been seeing more more stuff coming out of Iceland. We just saw yes. it hatched. That's right. Uh, at, yeah. Uh, at, 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 at Portland Horror Film Festival. Yes. You know, if they can keep, Elva, keep Elva, El, Elvar Gunderson, if you're listening to the podcast, who uh, is the director of It Hatched, uh, we would love to have you on. And, and I think that's actually yeah. something that we're working on it. Yeah, don't work on this it. Is, this is a legit. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're working gonna, on it. This is not Hey Rob watching. Zombie, come on the podcast. No, this is, I think we've got that one, that one sort of teed up, hopefully, to, yeah. to, to talk. We've got a bunch of. Of, yep. of directors yeah. getting getting ready to talk to him, but that's yep. that's for another another topic. Mike, uh, it's coming back around to you. Your All last right. One. Yep. Uh, so this is not a slow burn, and this is about as transgressive as you could possibly be. This is the 1981 film originally released as Night Warning, and then recalibrated as. Butcher Baker, Nightmare oh, Maker. Uh, I saw you had a review on that. On yeah. This, this is a horror film directed by William Asher. It stars Susan Terrell of Warhol fame. Uh, Jimmy McNichol. Yes, that 1970s Jimmy McNichol. <laughs> With feathered hair. With feathered. Oh, beautiful hair. Beautiful, beautiful yeah. hair. If I had, if I could only have hair like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, first, first things first, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Julia Duffy <laughs> from New Heart. And Bo Svensson, a Quentin Tarantino favorite, Bo okay. Svensson. Uh, this is uh, this was sort of framed as a uh, contemporary Oedipus tale, mm-hmm. uh, involving the, uh, the the plot focuses on a teenager, Jimmy McNichol, who is being raised by his neurotic aunt, who is also harboring incestuous feelings for him. Uh, finds himself at the center of a murder investigation after she stabs a man to death in the house, and the. Um, the detective that's investigating the crime believes that the murder is the result of a homosexual love triangle involving the boy's basketball coach. Huh. So, yeah, this this film is multiple, has multiple, multiple layers to it, but at its heart, it is a great uh, sort of early 80s mm-hmm. slasher film uh, and turns in some really, uh, I think, really, really wonderful uh, there are some really, really, really great scenes. Susan Terrell, uh, as I mentioned, is a, a, a Warhol uh, cast off. I can't remember; she was in a couple of Warhol films. I don't, I don't recall off the top of my head which ones. But um, oh, she was—I know she was in Andy Warhol's Bad uh, okay. from from uh, I think seventy nineteen seventy seven. But anyway, she um, man, she is just absolutely unhinged in this film. I mean, she is. What a wild, wild character. Um, But the thing that's really interesting about it is that this was one of the very first films to portray a homosexual male character as a positive figure in um, 
uh, Jimmy okay. McNichols' life. Uh, he's the he's the basketball coach who is subjected to homophobia. But more importantly, the guy that yeah. played the character Steve East, and he said, you know, the thing that's really interesting about it is that he he's just a gay man. He's not a pervert. He likes men. He's got a boyfriend. His boyfriend gets murdered. Um, but the the other thing that's interesting about it is that this is this is like one of the first times in sort of uh, cinema history where the gay character is not an urban sophisticate, right. right? He's a basketball coach. Yeah. He's just part of the community. And but that, is, he, is he an out gay man? No, he's not an out gay man. And okay. yeah, but they, they, they deal with that in the film. But the, the, the thing that's interesting about it is that he is just a gay character and there's right. nothing flamboyant or wild right. about him where that was that was you know very commonplace is that that's how you that's how you in identify the, in the 80s it right. was you get it, it was more often than not the flamboyant gay characters right or the ones who just you know very effete men and very butch women i mean that was the that was the the in the 80s what was what was the description from from vulture for the 80s period uh, the 80s period was referred to as the resurgent conservatism, the AIDS crisis, and the mainstreaming of queer culture. Yeah, I don't know that the main the mainstreaming might have happened later, but we had some things <laughs> like, like Nightmare on Elm Street 2 was kind of like, that was, I mean, there were a lot of subtexts, and right. more than just subtexts. Yeah, in there, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, that was, that's a problematic movie. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. And I totally forgot to mention Bill Paxton's in the film, too. Oh, wow. I've yeah, never seen this. Bill is this Paxton. streaming? Yeah, you can. Uh, in fact, uh, as as one of the shutter uh, where they sh where they package up uh, sort of oh, like, that's right, like, I did see it like minded films. I think they put yeah. it in the the Pride Month uh, collection. Nice. Yeah, so you can I think Rift is there as well. Yeah, and you can also see it on AMC Plus. But I know they own Shutter, so it may. There you go. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it's a really it is a really really wild wild film you have no idea where it's going or what's happening and yep. yeah it is super wild and man jimmy mcnichols hair whoo <laughs> good looking hair better better than stuff his, that better, mike's dreams are made of i know better than christy's hair yeah. Chris, christy mcnichol had great hair but yep. uh jimmy yeah wow he, he had the sean cassidy haircut yes he did <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that gets us to the to the end of our list. Um, yeah, I think you know something that we should that I like to sort of throw out there is that there there are a number of other movies that have come out recently that are certainly worth checking out that 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 fit this bill too. Um, I think a movie that Mike that you really enjoyed, I think mm. Spiral. Yeah, um, came out a couple of years ago, two thousand nineteen. Yep, yep. Uh, Hypochondriac. Uh, which is, I don't know, is it is it still on the festival circuit or is it? Yes, it yeah. will be at Fantasia. Next, and but it should be coming out soon, I would think. I think we captured its yeah. world premiere at South by Southwest yep. 2022. Yes, yep. yeah. And uh, let's see, well, Lizzie, which came, which is the Lizzie Borden story, yeah, uh, yep. 2018. That's fairly new, also. Um, and then, and then a movie that we're kind of iffy on, Ooh, which but, is, uh, but has gotten, but everybody at the festivals, it's like the mm. you youngins out there, Ooh. like yeah. it. Uh, oh, sissy. sissy, sissy, yeah. Um, which I, is, I'm it, here to tell you, sissy's going on my uh, worst of the year list, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even joking. <laughs> but for some, but but this is it, it, this might be old man Campbell talking yeah. because yeah, it, it has been. Well, none every, of us really. No, we yeah. it's like, I, liked it. I mean, we all thought it was it was good, but we're not the demographic. No, it's like, I, I had it as like a two and a half, three star movie. Yeah. Mike, yeah. probably you like had it like two a, and a half. star and a half, two star kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. But it, it's it it that is, uh, I, I that's that's a, a watch it and see what you make of it. It's a really well made, mm -hmm. good looking movie. It's not yeah. a bad movie. We were just disappointed. Yeah, it was disappointed. You could yeah. do we're better. Disappointed in you. <laughs> yeah, the the, the 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 characters not particularly likable. And then there's a lot of this, a lot of that. I I have an issue with sort of digital themed, you know, new like. Uh, that's because we're viral old. media <laughs> oh yeah 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 it's like yeah and 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 this is like social media put down your phone Sissy's yeah. an influencer right and it's like but then again it's like maybe it's maybe we're just sensitive because we're podcasters and we're and we're thinking that we're more hot shit than we, than we really are oh no we're influencers kind of like, okay. we are influencers 100 percent. liz is particularly liz, yeah. liz is an influencer yeah when Inf someone starts giving me some 
product. <laughs> we get, I don't know what it would be. <laughs> what's, 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 the, what, what's the best swag? The swag we get is still from our friends. It's like from. from no, we hey, get, we, we get screeners to movies. That that's is right. Like, well, we got, I get screeners to movies and advanced reader copies of books. I am yeah. living my dream. Actually, the our, uh, our swag is cramming our head full of garbage. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's our swag. Right. Yeah, we get the, the, yeah, you don't you don't sneeze at a South by Southwest pass. That's for sure. No, you, you do not. Do not. All right. Well, let's get let's not. get out of here and let's. Do you have anything else, Eric? Any other commentary or, or pithy remarks you'd like to make about pithy. LGBTQ horror? Pithy. <laughs> no, I, but I, I think we have. Profound. Who's got who, uh, between you and I have Liz, a tagline. Okay. All right, let's hear it, Liz. I have a tagline, and this is the one from Thelma, and it is sometimes the most terrifying discovery is who you really are. Oh, wow. Interesting. Insightful. Like a little, Insightful. little self discovery thing. And yeah, then Mike had a really awful one. What was your awful yeah. one? Yeah. Uh, from 1983 Sleepaway Camp, you won't be coming home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> All Both right. sides of the coin, though. <laughs> 